What's up, guys? My name is Leif Arneson, and you're listening to episode 22 of the Vegan Gym Podcast. My brother and I are vegan fitness coaches and bodybuilders who started this podcast as part of our mission to show the world that vegans are strong, healthy, and compassionate game changers who are leading the charge against chronic disease, animal abuse, and climate change. We've had the opportunity to help thousands of vegans reach their fitness goals, but we're just getting started. Our goal is to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. So if you believe in challenging the status quo and showing the world how awesome veganism really is, then this podcast is for you. With that, I'd like to introduce my brother, my co-host for the podcast, Anders. What's up, man? What is going on, guys? We got another fantastic episode coming up here, but let's just give you a quick update. We just recently got back from that canoeing trip. And uh, yeah, it was a really great time just to sit back, relax, get away from the world for a few days. But we got to the point where we were ready to get back and get back in the grind and back to the gym. That always and happens when I go on vacation. I'm it, like, it's, it's a few days are really nice and I'm like, okay, I need to get back at it, it. It's so funny because you go into a vacation, you're like, oh, I'm so pumped for this. And then, yeah, like you said, a few days in, you're like, okay, uh, let's get back to it. I'm yeah. ready. So... That's yeah. what happens when you love what you do. So that's exactly how it should be. Exactly. <laughs> so with that, we want to start this podcast a little differently. We want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners. Say that you guys are absolutely killing it with those reviews. Yeah, and it's been uh, awesome to watch. We really appreciate it. Yeah. So we we want to take show some appreciation and just read like three of uh, the most recent. Uh, reviews and with that let's get into it let's do it the first one is from sorry if uh, it sounds a little different when i say your name but it's molen e-a-u-x-c-001 this person says where have you been all my life i've traveled all over the country training with professionals trying to build muscle but no results and lots of money spent in the last 14 days i've listened to the podcast i've gained three pounds of muscle Woot, time to grow. Uh, thank you for being real about nutrition, lifting, and steroids. I've been consistently led down the wrong path because the exercise routines and nutrition promoted by quote-unquote experts only applies to steroid users. After seven years of training, I've finally stumbled across the truth. I am forever grateful. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, Thank that's you. Such that's an, an awesome, awesome review. review. Thank, Thank you, so you so much for leaving that. Uh, the next one comes from Looser37, and uh, he or she says, The synergy these two have is unmatched. They keep it light and fun while providing great science-based information. I don't remember how I found it, but I'm so glad I did. Fitness and veganism are my two passions, so the combination here is perfect. Keep it up, guys. Yeah, don't worry. We are going to be keeping this oh, up yeah. for a long, long time. And the last one is from M. Helig. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, and she, he says, uh, Leif and Anders, thank you guys for starting and maintaining this podcast. I just discovered it earlier this week and I'm totally hooked. The first time I listened to you was take 100% responsibility for your life. And guys, I love the in-your-face approach. Yeah, we do too. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder that you're, that the mindset is everything. I've been binge listening to your episodes, and I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out and only get one a week. If you want to learn how to kill it without killing anything or anyone, listen to this podcast. Love uh, 
sent to us and keep killing it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you guys so much for leaving the reviews. These these reviews are amazing, and we're so humbled uh, for your guys' support. So, and that's just a few of them, too. Yeah, so thank you so much. Um, we could, we find, could make a whole podcast about all the the reviews that we get. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys find value in this podcast, especially if you find value in this particular podcast episode, all we ask is that you leave us a review and share the podcast with at least one person. And, uh, and that's our fee for the podcast, okay? This is an organic movement and a vegan organic movement. And we rely on you guys to do your part and spread the message, okay? We'll never run any ads on our podcasts uh, because we don't like listening to them either. And we don't want to bore you guys with those ads. So um, we, we just ask that you guys do that and um, it would make a huge difference to us. Uh, so we also, uh, we got tons of good reviews, but we also got our first negative review on the podcast recently. And, uh, honestly, I thought it was just a hater until I read it. And, uh, this particular listener said that he loved the podcast, but he didn't appreciate our, um, our rather prolific use of profanity because he couldn't listen to the podcast at work or share it with his friends and family. Now, we totally understand, okay? That's 100% legitimate. We received tons of messages about uh, profanity, and I understand that some people don't appreciate it. So I want to take a minute to explain why we do that, okay? So we don't need to swear, and even if we do, we could just bleep all the swears out. Um, but I personally think that prof- the profanity that we use makes our podcast more authentic, okay? We'd be constantly checking ourselves and holding back a little bit if we tried to maintain kind of a filter and not do any uh, swearing. So I believe that would be kind of a pretty, that would have a pretty significant detrimental effect on our podcast, okay? So um, we also use profanity as kind of a tool for emphasis and to convey emotion. And of course, we could use, we could utilize different words for emphasis and emotion. Uh, but kind of profanity is more of our kind of authentic uh, method for doing that. Yeah, and, I'll be completely honest. I I picked up this uh, that habit up in the military. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, it's hard it, to break, and it, it really is. And I do apologize. I do swear, but it's. It's how I, like Leif said, we emphasize, and it's it's something that we like including. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just to set our mom at ease, because she does listen to every episode of our podcast, even though she detests profanity, uh, we most we we certainly didn't learn it from her or anyone else in our family. Okay, honors learned it in the military, and I don't know, I picked it up at college or something. <laughs> Um, or from me. <laughs> and in fact, I remember the first time that I was grounded uh, when I said the word idiot in front of my mom. So she's like super anti-profanity, and um, we totally understand that. By the way, we freaking love you, mom. You're you're awesome, and we really appreciate your support. You're the best. You are the best. <laughs> Um, so I hope that our listeners who don't appreciate profanity kind of at least understand why, why we use it. Um, as long as you kind of avoid the in your face, like motivational, uh, podcast that we do from time to time, like the one that we did last week, you're only going to get a handful of swears per episode. And, um, we hope that you can really kind of look past our use of profanity, uh, kind of for the main message and for our content, 
But if you can't, then I'm afraid this that our podcast probably isn't for you. Um, uh, but with that being said, this episode is going to be our first ever clean episode with zero profanity. We want to show some love uh, to you guys, to your listeners who don't enjoy that. And this is probably just going to be like a one episode thing, but... Um, I hope the people who don't appreciate profanity will take uh, this podcast episode as a small thank you for all of your incredible support. So um, this episode is going to be freaking amazing and super packed with value. So please share it with people that you might otherwise not share the podcast with uh, due to language. Um, so they'll hear this introduction and be warned about other episodes that we have and, and the profanity and other episodes um, so that's all I'm going to say about profanity, uh, whether you like it or not, Anders and I really, really, really appreciate your support. Yeah. And the, like Leif said, there's going to be no profanity and I even have a stopwatch next to me <laughs> so I can write down when and if I s- make a uh, slip out of swear. So, yeah, so we can just bleep it out. So we'll bleep it out too. So, so we're, we're really putting in the effort on this episode and I hope that you guys who don't appreciate language, um, appreciate, uh, this small gift. So, um, anyways, uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about the number one thing that really enables us to build lean muscle and shred fat with relative ease, okay? So, building muscle, shredding fat, it's super difficult. We know that. But with the right diet plan, you can actually make consistent progress with steady effort and discipline. While enjoying it. Exactly. (laughs) So the number one tool that we use uh, to build muscle and shape our physiques is flexible dieting, which is also called if it fits your macros. Now, we talk about flexible dieting and macros, uh, it seems like pretty much in every podcast episode we do, but uh, we really only kind of ever touch on it, and we want to go into a lot of detail in this episode. This episode is going to be just about flexible dieting. And uh, we want to teach you everything that you need to know about flexible dieting and how to use it to achieve your health and fitness goals. So let's start by defining macros because this is all, it all comes down to macros. They're the most important part of flexible dieting. And for those that don't know, macros are short for macronutrients. And this term is used to describe the three main macronutrients, and that is protein, carbs, and fat. And so regardless of the source, remember, regardless of the source, one gram of protein contains four calories, one gram of carbohydrate contains four calories, and one gram of fat contains nine calories. Now, yeah, I know you're probably like, okay, one gram of fat is over two times the amount of calories than a gram of protein or a carb. And that's something that really is... Uh, in the the diet world is looked down upon, but in reality, that's something that uh, you do want to consider, but you don't want to be afraid of the healthy exactly. dietary fats. Yeah, you need you need enough fat in your diet to maintain health, but uh, like Honors just pointed out, a gram of fat does contain over double the amount of calories as a gram of carbohydrates or a gram of protein. So that's just something to keep in mind. We eat enough dietary fat when we're shredding. Uh, to maintain our health, but we really don't eat more than that. Um, and so beyond the protein, carbs, and fat, uh, there are some minerals like calcium, zinc, iron, magnesium, and phosphorus that are also technically macronutrients uh, because your body needs them in, in somewhat large quantities. But we care most about protein, carbs, and fat when it comes to our body composition. 
Now, what exactly is body composition? This is another really important point to make when we're talking about flexible dieting. So body composition is the proportion of fat and fat-free mass in your body. So basically, it's a method of describing what your body is made of. Um, It's also a better way of describing kind of your progress and describing your weight uh, than something like BMI, which which just takes your entire body weight into account. So a healthy body composition is one that uh, includes a lower percentage of body fat and a higher percentage of fat-free mass. Uh, Now, fat-free mass is everything in your body that is not body fat. So it includes muscles, bones, organs, etc. So um, we are most concerned about your fat-free mass, uh, and that's what we want to focus on. Um, so there are two best methods uh, for kind of analyzing your body composition. And uh, the first is body fat percentage. So knowing exactly how much body fat you have in your body as a percentage of your total weight. That's your body fat percentage. And number two is your lean body mass, uh, which is your fat-free mass. Okay, That's your total body weight minus your fat weight. And like I just said, that includes muscles. Uh, That includes your bones, organs, everything that's not fat. So uh, those are pretty much kind of measuring the same thing. You're either measuring your body fat percentage or you're measuring your total lean body mass. Uh, But those are the two kind of ways that we analyze someone's body composition. Now, uh, body recomposition is the process of changing your body composition. That's what we're all trying to do, right? Exactly. <laughs> so you can drastically improve your body composition without losing any weight. We've talked about this many, many times before in the podcast, um, but it's a very important point. So we're going to bring it up again. Well, this this explains it even better because yeah. we, were, we were saying like uh, – Losing weight is not what you want your goal to be because losing weight could be muscle or fat. That's just body weight. So as an example, you could shred 10 pounds of fat and then build 10 pounds of muscle. Your body weight hasn't changed at all, but your body composition has changed drastically. If you lose 10 pounds of body fat and gain 10 pounds of muscle, obviously you're going to be at the same spot that you started at, but your body composition is way better. You're going to look way better and feel way better. So that's why we don't like to hear uh, people say that they want to lose weight, okay? In fact, nobody wants to just lose weight. They want to lose body fat. Um, so if you want to lose 10 pounds, so as an extreme example, if you want to lose 10 pounds and we had a magic pill to give you that allowed you to instantly shred 10 pounds of muscle, you probably wouldn't take it even though you would technically achieve your goal of losing 10 pounds, okay? So obviously an extreme example, but... Um, that's, that's what nightmares are made of for vegan bodybuilding. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an extreme example, but it's important uh, to note that that you want to focus on losing body fat, okay? We're not talking about losing weight in general. So uh, whenever you talk about, I want to lose weight, reef reframe that mindset and say, you know what, I want to lose body fat and this is how much I want to lose while maintaining my lean body mass, my muscle. So now that you, now you know uh, that you should care most about your body composition when it, look, when it comes to looking good in the mirror, okay? We don't want to focus on body weight. We want to focus on body composition. So the next question is how should you, how can you improve your body composition, you're like, it's probably quite obvious, uh, training, uh, people usually tend to like move towards training being the most important, but it's training 
and eating properly, guys. Like nutrition plays a much, much bigger role than the training. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly does, especially when you want to uh, shred fat. Like it really all comes down to dieting. Um, and the, really the most important part, whether you're trying to build muscle or shred fat is eating properly. And, uh, we recommend flexible dieting. That's what this entire podcast is going to be on. Um, and it's also called if it fits your macros or I, I, F, Y, M. So they all mean the same. (laughs) Exactly. These terms are interchangeable. They mean the exact same thing. So if you hear flexible dieting or if it fits your macros, or even if you hear I, I, F, Y, M. We're talking about the same exact thing, okay? So uh, what exactly is this all about? Well, rather than placing all of your attention on counting calories, which is what lots of people do when they're trying to shred fat in particular, um, whether focusing on counting calories or even demonizing certain macronutrients, uh, flexible dieting really focuses on meeting daily macro goals, okay? And if you do this correctly, it provides a consistent caloric intake, uh, but one that can be personalized in many, many different ways. And that means you can eat some of the foods you love to eat, guys. Exactly. It's, and that's that's one of the reasons why I love If It Fits Your Macros. Yeah. Because you can work in that that small treat each week. You can enjoy the food that you're, uh, or you're even eating. Yeah, exactly. Like you can make it, you can make lots of little things work in your diet. We don't want to be, if you focus on like depriving yourself, then you're going to end up binging, hating the process. You're going to just kind of be spinning your wheels and not making progress. So it's really important to actually fit some of these little uh, treats in here and there to help you maintain uh, your progress. Yeah, besides the scientific side, your emotional side is also very important because it, it really you, is. If you don't, it's if huge. you don't have have your mindset correctly and you are hating what you're doing, you're not going to be able to stick to it. So you, it everything works in with each other, and uh, this is how you can enjoy the process. Exactly. So, flexible dieting really allows you to eat. Um, kind of whatever you want, uh, whenever you want, but still reach your uh, fat shredding or muscle building goals. Take that so, with a grain of salt, though. Exactly. <laughs> so like everything in life that sounds too good to be true, there is a catch. It's a pretty major catch. So listen up, okay? You have to eat the right amount of carbohydrates, protein, and fat every single day, which are commonly measured in grams. That's So we're focusing on eating the, the a set amount of carbohydrates protein and fat each day. Uh, So you can't just eat whatever you want, but uh, you can eat different foods and include different foods into your diet plan um, and and not really be focused on deprivation or or focused on cutting all of the foods that you love out of your diet because that that always backfires. One one huge uh, problem is like many uh, dietitians, gurus, people, personal trainers, they say like you need to food restrict, like you need to eliminate all the foods that you like, all the foods that are bad for you. And like saying no grains, no gluten, no carbs, no processed foods, no fruit, no caloric beverages, no sugars, zero sugar. You know how terrible I, I feel so bad for the people that are put on plans like this because I couldn't imagine what it is feeling. How would it feel like to go through a process like this? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's really tough. Demonizing certain foods is not the answer, okay? There, there are some foods that obviously don't improve your health, so we should keep those, uh, those foods limited in our diet, but we do want to include things that you enjoy in your diet. That's how you stick to um, a certain diet for the long term term, okay? We're not focused on like a two-week shred. We're focused on like a lifestyle, okay? Sustainability. That's what we're going for. It really all comes down to sustainability when you're dieting. That's how you achieve results. So, uh, yeah, as Honors was saying, these gurus say, you know what? Everything that you enjoy in your diet has to go. Um, And for flexible dieting, that's not the case. It's the exact opposite for flexible dieting. Uh, the principles of flexible dieting, when properly applied, okay, when properly applied, allow you to get the body you want by eating the fo- foods that you really love. Um, but as we said, uh, and this is a major, major but, flexible dieting is not a diet that consists of only eating junk food, okay? So we do want to focus on eating healthy food, yeah. but we can fit in some uh, junk here and there. So flexible dieting is basically a counting system that's used for accuracy so you can fit junk foods into your diet in moderation while consuming the bulk of your macros from healthy whole vegan foods. So if you do it correctly, flexible dieting is actually a really solid balance of moderation and flexibility. And enjoyment. <laughs> exactly. And that's it's really, really important to enjoy uh, your diet because if you don't, it's going to be a short-term thing. And I just want to touch on this real quick. I think we're, t- we're going to be touching on it later in this podcast. But like junk food guys, what we're talking about is like, uh, like peanut butter, for instance. We're, so we're not talking about like f- you can – but we're not talking about like trying to fit three donuts in one day, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So it's, well, you want healthier junk foods. Exactly. <laughs> so let's dive into exactly how you can properly use flexible dieting in your life. And there are three main, uh, sorry, there are four main principles that we're going to be focusing on when it comes to flexible dieting. So number one is the number of calories that you eat is more important than the source of those calories. Number two is macronutrients matter way more than the number of calories that you're consuming. Number three is you should get at least 80% of your calories from minimally processed nutritious foods. And number four is there is no need for meal timing. So you can basically eat whenever you want, uh, whenever it fits your schedule and your preference. So Let's dive into each principle in more detail. So principle one, uh, as I said, is the number of calories that you eat is more important than the source of those calories. Now, uh, many diet gurus, uh, you have diet gurus who tell you that you have to demonize certain foods, and then you have other diet gurus, kind of especially in the vegan community, that tend to claim that a calorie isn't a calorie, and dieting is all about uh, exactly what you eat and not how much you eat. Well, this is complete garbage, okay? This is not uh, going to serve you in any way when you're trying to um, uh, kind of optimize your body composition. You can gain weight. You, you simply gain weight by eating more calories than you burn, and you lose weight by eating fewer calories than you burn. This is the, this is the principle of energy balance, and it's really what governs your body composition, 
Um, uh, So energy balance is a relationship between how many calories you are consuming versus how many calories you are burning. So it's calories in versus calories out. It's really that simple. So as an extreme example, you can't eat 100 bananas in a day and expect to lose weight and get the body of your dreams. Okay, lots of people would say, yeah, eating just bananas, that's clean dieting and stuff. But I would, I would love to see you eat 100 bananas. <laughs> yeah, first of all, good luck eating 100 bananas. Um, and I know that's an extreme example, but I just really want to prove a point. You can be the cleanest eater in the entire world, eating the most nutritious uh, fruits and vegetables, uh, but you can still be weak and skinny fat if you eat too much and don't work out. So if your calories in are higher than your calories out, you're going to be gaining weight. It doesn't matter what those calories come from. Um, and I must admit that I really like the idea of eating just constant fruit. I love <laughs> fruit so much. I love much. fruit so much. Smoothies are life. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> but the reality is that dieting isn't uh, isn't that simple. Dieting is all about how, well, it is simple, but it's not as simple as just like eating as much as you want as long as it's like healthy. clean, healthy quote, foods. Unquote, well, quote unquote healthy. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so dieting is all about how much you eat, not about what you eat. So uh, as an example, to prove that uh, just calorie counting is what matters most when it comes to dieting, uh, not the nutritional value of the food that you're eating, uh, a professor of human nutrition at Kansas State University, uh, Professor Mark Hobb, actually lost 27 pounds a few years ago eating nothing but Twinkies, Little Debbie snacks, Doritos, and Oreos. Although he lost weight, I couldn't imagine what he felt like on that diet. <laughs> yeah, I think he was eating something like 1,800 calories a day, and he lost 27 pounds over the course of a few months. Uh, well, that just proves a point. It, yeah, exactly. It proves a point. So obviously, this is like a junk food diet, um, and it's it's super extreme. Nobody's going to do that. But um, and it, and of course, it's unhealthy. But his experiment did prove a point. It proved the point of uh, that we were talking about earlier when it comes to energy balance. It's calories in versus calories out. It doesn't matter what food you're eating. So uh, just to be super clear, a gram. Uh, of carbohydrates that you find in kale or bananas contains the same amount of energy as a gram of carbohydrates that you find in a Snickers bar or or some other um, some other food. Okay, so it doesn't matter uh, what the source of the foods in your diet are; it all matters um, kind of what how much energy you're putting into your body in the terms of the number of calories. So this is why so many people fail to lose weight by just eating clean. Uh, you give your body too much. Uh, you give it an abundance of um, uh, of micronutrients, but you by eating like a bunch of nutritious plant foods and stuff, and that's great, but you also are giving your body too many calories, which means that you're not going to be losing any fat. So when you feed your body fewer calories than it is burning, um, it must get those extra calories from somewhere, and your body is going to turn to your fat stores. Uh, when you keep your body in a caloric deficit over time, you're eating, there are less calories going into your body than uh, calories going out, your body fat is going to decrease. Uh, whether you're on the junk food diet that Professor Mark Hobb was following or you're eating a super uh, nutritious, whole food, plant-based diet. Yeah, the, the most eye-opening thing for me when I uh, cut for the first time is when I was trying to fit fruit into my macros. Yeah, totally. And it is 
unreal the amount of carbs in fruit. And, and we, we're all conscious of it. We understand that, yes, fruit is carbs. But when you actually punch the numbers in, it, it adds up very, very quickly. So it's, it's all about that uh, balance between the proteins, carbs, and fats. And when you, you skyrocket on carbs, then you, you don't have that perfect ratio for you. Yeah. Every single person that we've talked to or worked with as a client who says that they cannot lose weight was not tracking their macros properly. Yeah. Not tracking their calories properly. It's that simple. And once we got them on the right plan, they started losing body fat. It really comes down to calories in versus calories out. And if you're not, um, if you're not focusing on hitting the right macros each day and, and therefore hitting the right number of calories each day, you're not going to be losing uh, body fat if that's your goal. The, the same goes for uh, we have, we've had clients that have been eating too little. Yeah, and, and trying we, to build muscle. Exactly. And that you can't and, do that. That and shredding fat, and it just like makes them stagnant. And when we uh, calculate the macros to work with them, then it like boosts the immune system, uh, immune system, <laughs> uh, metabolism, and uh, helps them build muscle in a caloric surplus, that type of deal. So it's it's amazing how this changes your body composition and how it actually just works as a whole. Exactly. So principle one, just to wrap it up, states that the number of calories you eat is more important than the source of those calories. Now, principle two states that macronutrients matter just as much as the number of calories. So a calorie is not a calorie when we're talking about body composition. Uh, whether your main goal is to gain muscle or lose fat, you need to focus on more than just maintaining a caloric surplus or a caloric deficit. Um, so we want to focus on hitting the right number of protein, carbs, and fat uh, in grams each day. And here's the reason. We want to eat enough protein each day to gain muscle while we're bulking and to preserve lean muscle mass while we're cutting. It's not just about a caloric deficit when we're shredding. We want to shred body fat. We don't want to shred muscle. We don't want to lose any muscle, so we need to eat enough uh, protein and we need to train hard enough in the gym with weightlifting to, ma to preserve lean muscle mass while we're cutting. Now, the second thing we need to focus on is eating enough carbs uh, to give you the energy to push through uh, gruesome workouts, give you enough energy to get through your day and, and feel good about yourself and, and kind of have some mental clarity. Um, but we also want you to get to the gym, crush your workouts, progress in all your lifts. That's also super important. So we want to eat enough carbs for that. And finally, you want to eat enough dietary fat to maintain proper health, to maintain optimal health and, uh, and hormone production and other things that dietary fat is really necessary in your body for. So um, I hope this is a huge, huge eye-opener to you guys because yeah. this, this is very valuable information. This is something that we struggled with for years. Yeah. And once we stumbled across that and started implementing, it, it our body compositions a, changed yeah, immensely that was a in game the first, changer. first year. In, implementing flexible dieting was a game changer for both of us. Um, and uh, just one more point about uh, eating enough fat. Um, you should consume most of your dietary fat from monounsaturated fats like uh, avocado, seeds, nuts, 
Um, and you should also pay close attention to your EPA and DHA intake. Uh, those are omega-3 fatty acids, especially as a vegan uh, because uh, EPA and DHA are, uh, are difficult to find on a vegan diet. And your body can convert uh, the other um, omega-3 fatty acid, ALA, to EPA and DHA, but the conversion ratios are actually very low. So consequently, we use an EPA, DHA, um, omega-3 supplement, and we recommend that all vegans do the same. Um, of course, you want to look at your blood work and stuff and make sure that it's something you need and find the right source. Uh, but uh, we do recommend you at least considering that and looking into it if you don't do that already. Um, but the main point here is this, okay? We care about protein, carbs, and fat because they all play a really important role in your health and your body composition. So that's why counting macros is superior to just counting calories, uh, we personally follow and recommend a high-protein, high-carb, and uh, relatively low-fat diet for both bulking and shredding. Uh, when I say low-fat, I don't mean as little fat as possible. I'm talking about um, eating a low-fat diet that has enough dietary fat to maintain uh, your your health, but really no more because uh, there's there's not that much benefit to consuming dietary fat beyond what you need to maintain your health. So that's pretty much it, okay? So this principle, uh, again, principle two states that macronutrients matter just as much as the number of calories. So even if you're in a calorie deficit and you're shredding fat, if you get all of your calories from, say, bananas, which are relatively low in protein. They do have a little bit of protein, but if you're getting all of your um, uh, calories from fruit and other stuff that's really high in carbs but really, really low in fat and really pretty low in protein, then, uh, yeah, you'll lose weight, but that probably won't all be body fat because uh, you're not getting enough protein to maintain uh, your lean muscle mass. and um, You'll start to look skinny. Yeah, you'll start to look kind of skinny fat, and that's not what we want to focus on. We want to get ripped. Um, so that's why counting, calorie, counting macros is superior to just counting calories. And so, with those macros comes principle three, where you should get at least 80% of your calories from minimally processed nutritious foods yeah and this is what we were talking about earlier like with flexible dying yes we want you to enjoy some foods yes we want you to include them every day and have a little bit but we want you to focus around the healthy stuff the the nutritiously dense foods yeah, just because you can eat anything and still uh, lose fat, technically yeah. you could eat anything. I want, like, I want to optimize but feel good while I do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if I just ate terrible things, I was just about to swear right there. If I ate terrible <laughs> things. <laughs> At least you uh, caught yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then I, would, I wouldn't feel good, you know? And yeah. uh, that's why we follow 80% nutritious foods. Yeah, we tend to get a little bit more than that, but uh, we recommend that you get at least 80% of your calories from minimally processed, uh, nutritious vegan foods, whole foods. So macros are really all that matter when it comes to your fitness results, but there is another piece of the puzzle, and it is micronutrients. Um, so, and, and micronutrients are arguably more important for your overall health. When we're talking about micronutrients, we're talking about vitamins and minerals, okay? All of those little things that, that you get in your diet that are really important for maintaining optimal health. 
And uh, those are very arguably more important for your overall health. They, they are more important for your overall health. Um, so the only problem that I really have with flexible dieting is that uh, many people tend to use it as an excuse to just eat a bunch of junk food. And this is a serious problem because as uh, Professor Mark Hobb demonstrated with his like uh, Twinkie like junk food diet, you can actually eat garbage while improving your physique. Yeah, I would love to see his blood tests and all, all his testing after that. Yeah. <laughs> his shredding yeah, I, I don't actually know what his blood tests are. I know that his cholesterol levels improved, uh, but that's going to happen when you lose weight anyway. So yeah, I'm not sure what happened to his other, uh, his other blood levels, but, um, his diet certainly wasn't optimal for health. So the reality is that your body turns carbs from, uh, say Oreos, uh, into glucose and glycogen, just like it does from carbs and kale. Uh, the process is, is a little bit different. Um, but, uh, it's basically the same thing. Uh, so your body looks at carbs from different food sources as virtually being kind of having the same building blocks. Um, but using the principles of flexible dieting as an excuse to just eat junk food like Oreos while getting in shape is completely stupid. Okay. We don't want to do that. Uh, just because you can eat a pint of non-dairy, uh, Ben and Jerry's peanut butter, whatever cookie ice cream every single day and still get shredded doesn't mean that you should do that. Um, when we use the principles of flexible dieting to achieve our physique goals, we don't want to use it as an excuse to just eat junk food all the time. So, uh, like we said earlier, we stick to a diet that's mostly whole plant foods, whether we're bulking or cutting. And we recommend that you do the same exact thing, especially during cutting, because that's when cravings start coming around and you, you want to make sure that you're getting, uh, the micronutrients, because you're in a caloric deficit for one, and two, make sure that you force yourself to eat those micronutrients because you're going to have those cravings. <laughs> exactly. And foods that are really high in micronutrients, like fruits and vegetables, uh, are also very uh, tend to be low in terms of caloric density. So you can eat like a pound of kale and easily fit that into your um, into your macros for the day while filling up and getting lots of volume. So it's not only good for your health, it's also, uh, good for making you feel full and making sure that you're sticking to a diet. So, uh, at the same time, don't be afraid to include some little indulgences from here, uh, from now, from time to time. Uh, so as long as you get the majority of your daily calories from healthy foods that are full of micronutrients, you can feel free to include some treats here and there if you so desire. Uh, for example, if you love chocolate, then you can actually work some chocolate into your macro numbers for the day. If you eat, um, if you eat the dark chocolate, that's actually pretty easy to fit into your macros, even when you're shredding. Uh, you can't have a whole chocolate bar and, and do well, but you can eat, (laughs) you can eat some here and there to just get the taste. So we, um, we tend to get about 90% of our daily calories from relatively unprocessed, nutritious plant foods. Uh, but as we've said, we're not afraid to fit in a little junk or sugar here and there. Um, and there are tons of different foods that we kind of have vices for, um, what are some of your favorites? I, I like uh, Halo Top ice cream just because it's like lower calorie, but it is pretty it, low in but calories. It, but it also tastes really good, so you can fit a pint in there every now and again because I yeah. think it's like 360 calories. Um, 
peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are one of my favorite things ever, uh, just because yeah. I love peanut butter, <laughs> and the, the sweetness is good. And then, Well, what's uh, the trick for peanut butter when you're shredding? PB2. You need yeah. to get that powdered peanut butter, guys. That is a game changer. There's chocolate. There's strawberry peanut butter. There's... Hey, I don't and, think I've had that. It, I've had the chocolate it's one. It's not the best. But, I think I like the regular one the best, but... That's a huge hack. If you love peanut butter and you're working to diet right now, uh, you can try powdered peanut butter, which is um, 85% less fat in this peanut butter. Yeah, so what they do is they process the peanuts and they take out the fat in the peanuts so you can have – so they kind of just leave the carbs and the protein and a little bit of fat, but it's much lower in calories because fat is so high in calories – when you take that out, it's much lower in calories, and you can just stir this uh, powdered peanut butter in with some water or some almond milk or something, and uh, you can make a consistency that's pretty close to peanut butter, and it doesn't taste exactly the same. But it's still uh, a but, peanut taste. But it does have that taste, and if you put it on other foods and stuff, you can kind of uh, kind of trick yourself into thinking that you're <laughs> exactly. eating peanut butter. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And, and on top of that, I also love cereal. Uh, yeah, cereal good. is my, one of my favorite foods. I yeah. could I could literally go through a whole box by myself in yeah. one sitting. <laughs> and we don't recommend that when you're dieting, but uh, you could work some in uh, into your macros. Um, so, and then we, you also stumble across a new snack that you eat constantly: hippies. Yeah. Hippies. If you guys haven't tried hippies. <laughs> They are amazing. And what's the best flavor, dude? <laughs> uh, it's sriracha. Yeah. What? Sunrise sriracha. Sunrise sriracha. Yeah. yeah it is phenomenal. Uh, they have a few flavors. That's really the one that I love the most. But um, it's not spicy at yeah, all. Yeah, it's really not that it's, spicy. It's just I'm, a little tangy. And I don't it's like spicy stuff that much. I like a little bit of spice, but um, I I don't go overboard at all. Yeah. So if you guys have not tried that, yes, please go to the grocery store today, pick one up, and eat Uh, yeah yeah well i'm writing that down (laughs) and And eat eat it okay eat it and uh one other thing that i love is uh is chips and salsa so i love uh focusing on kind of eating like saltier foods like that's kind of my dietary vice um i love salty foods i don't really have a sweet tooth but when it comes to like eating junk foods and stuff it will be something like hippies or chips and salsa so um, you can fit in a little bit of junk here and there into your plan, and uh, we recommend that that you do that so you don't uh, just kind of focus on deprivation and you don't um, get to the point where you uh, feel deprived and and uh, you can't stick with your diet because you're not eating the foods that you love. Exactly. So that's principle three. Okay, so you should get at least eighty percent of your calories from minimally processed, nutritious foods. I love this last principle, okay? So this is – there is literally no need for meal timing, guys, and you can eat your macros whenever you want throughout the day. This is something that actually just came uh, up in conversation today at the gym, and I was talking to someone that's on a uh, a cutting uh, plan from a trainer, and he said that he told his trainer that he was – uh, eating like his rest of his macros right before bed, which was two tablespoons of peanut butter, which I, I don't know how he's fitting real peanut butter in like that. But uh, he, he's told his trainer that, and the trainer said, I don't want you eating right before bed, which is complete garbage, you know, and, and that, that's not how it works. It's, you're not going to gain more fat eating right before you go to bed because you're still burning constantly, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's it, – I was dumbfounded. (laughs) 
Yeah, so uh, like Honors was saying, you don't have to stick, stick with like a certain feeding windows. Uh, you don't have to eat protein every two or three hours to avoid going catabolic or whatever people uh, say. Uh, you don't have to avoid carbs after 6 p.m. Like none of these like uh, meal timing strategies are necessary for uh, for shredding fat. You might find that they're helpful. Yeah, I was about That's to say. That's why lots of people are so interested in um, intermittent fasting. It can help you if that works for your schedule and it helps you to maintain a diet, but it is not necessary. It does not help you to lose fat more quickly. Your metabolism won't slow down if you eat two meals versus uh, six meals. It doesn't matter. So I personally prefer to eat uh, more smaller meals every day. Um but it doesn't have an effect on my metabolism, and uh, everyone's kind of different. Smaller um, meals, except for your oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His well, oatmeal is a pretty big. Well, <laughs> well, when I'm bulking, it's certainly huge. <laughs> um, but what do you prefer? What are your kind of like? It, it varies uh, between whether I'm cutting or bulking. Uh, when yeah. I'm when I'm bulking, I like uh, I I like heavier meals uh, yeah. and snacks in between, but not huge snacks and when i'm cutting i like to graze the whole entire day just to keep uh my my body happy with uh constant uh nutrition and i like to save about five to six hundred calories uh right before i go to bed like an hour before or something because i cannot go to bed hungry I will not be able to fall asleep. That's, it's really tough. Yeah, and so I tend to push more of my calories later in the evening as well for that exact same reason. Yeah. So if you guys are struggling with that, I highly recommend you try that out because it's a game changer and it 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 works perfectly. And that's something that we've found that it works amazing. <laughs> exactly. So do something that works for you. Uh, if you prefer grazing or you prefer large meals, uh, if you prefer lots of calorie dense foods, then you can easily work them into your macros by eating fewer higher calorie meals. So hitting macros, hitting your macros is all that matters. Meal timing does not matter. It does not have a uh, really any um, effect on your physique. So that being said, I should note that there is one slight exception to this rule, um, and that is a high-protein post-workout meal or shake. It's a really good idea if you're trying to build muscle and strength or even if you're trying to shred and um, maintain your lean body mass. Um, and we also recommend that you consume some pre-workout carbs to give you the energy to really crush your workouts, progress in all of your lifts. Um, we want to help you. We want to make sure that you're building strength, you're building muscle. Um, and the way that you do that is by progressing in your weightlifting, in your training. Uh, so it is important to have energy for your workouts. Um, it, it is a little difficult when you're cutting to include that. Yeah. Uh, just because I, for me, like like you said, it comes down to preference. But uh, it's I'd rather have those calories later in the day. That's how I view it. But when I'm bulking, that's definitely something that, yeah, you definitely want to be doing. It gives you more energy for that workout. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how many meals you eat in a day is irrelevant. irrelevant. Uh, how much protein you eat per meal is also pretty much irrelevant. Uh, when you eat your food is irrelevant. These things don't really matter. So don't Focus on structuring your eating schedule to like each 
each minute of the day and saying, oh, I need to eat 17 grams of protein after my, uh, after my workout within like a 20 minute window or I'm going to lose all my gains and stuff like that doesn't really matter. So, well, yeah. And it just sounds terrible. Just trying to make a structure like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, more effort than, uh, than any benefit uh, you really get from it. So, Focus on hitting your daily macro goals and you're going to be okay. You really don't need to complicate the meal timing uh, or protein timing stuff. It doesn't matter uh, when it comes to your body composition. So uh, again, just to wrap that up, principle four of flexible dieting states that there's no need for meal timing. Uh, you can really eat whenever uh, it fits into your schedule and, and whenever it kind of like works for your preferences. So now that we've covered the four principles of flexible dieting in detail, let's discuss a few important considerations. So first, I want to mention the hidden macronutrient, okay? And it's really not that secret. It's not Ooh, hidden, but... secret. <laughs> yeah, it's really not that secret. But it's a macronutrient that doesn't get much attention because it's overshadowed by protein, carbs, and fat. Now, this macronutrient is fiber, Fiber is an essential part of a healthy diet, and um, a diet that includes foods that are rich in fiber can actually help uh, lower your blood cholesterol, it can prevent diabetes, improve uh, your cardiovascular system, lower your risk of heart disease. Fiber is super important, and it also, um, and when carbohydrates are combined with fiber, it also slows the absorption of sugar, and it regulates your insulin response. Um, foods that are also high in fiber tend to make us feel full, which also discourages overeating. So there great, are many... Great dieting tip right there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's why we were talking earlier about volume yep. uh, for food, so if you eat lots of uh, like leafy greens, then it's going to be easier for you, you to maintain your diet because you've got all of this volume and you're just like eating tons of food. It seems like tons of food, but it's pretty low in calories. Uh, so you can hit your macros, um, easily fit lots of leafy greens into your macros and other vegetables in particular. And they're super high in fiber. So, uh, it makes you feel full and improves your health. Uh, so fiber really needs to be a, an important consideration. That's not something that has too much effect on your body composition, but it does have an effect on your, uh, on your feelings of hunger. Um, and it also has an effect on your health. So it cannot be overlooked. Do not overlook it. Uh, now hitting enough fiber as a vegan, uh, should be really easy, especially, especially yeah, yeah, especially if you're following what we say, guys, the 80%, uh, the 80, but 80% approach with the whole yeah. foods, like it, you're going to get all that fiber in exactly like, like Leif was saying, the volume is foods so that's going to happen. So as yeah, long as more, you follow that, you're golden. The more wholesome plant foods you eat, the easier it's going to be for you to hit your fiber and also uh, maintain your health and just feel full uh, most of the time. So, um, so you probably don't have a problem with fiber. Uh, we certainly don't have any issues with fiber, but be sure to track your fiber intake along with your macros. If you feel like you might be coming up short, if you're really struggling to, uh, to hit your lower macros when you're dieting, uh, try to include foods that are higher in fiber because it's really important, not just for your health, but also to make you feel fuller and make it easier to diet. So, um, that's not such a secret macronutrient, but it is highly overlooked, uh, in the world of flexible dieting. So I, th I you think, should, yeah, I think it's like either people 
don't even pay attention to it or they're all about it. You know, yeah. there's no in between like the, the knowledge is not known amongst everyone. <laughs> yeah. So you should definitely uh, focus on that and um, and kind of eat as much fiber as you can. Uh, so the next consideration that we want to address is the difference between your body composition and your health. We've already touched on this a few times already in this podcast, but uh, improving your body composition usually does improve your health, but looking good does not equate to optimal health, nor does it equate to optimal performance in the gym. This is super important because lots of people focus on looking good, but you can look good and still not be healthy. Uh, so as an example, I love having a six pack, but abs do not automatically mean that you are a healthy person. Abs are not more important than your health. <laughs> yeah, that, that exactly so, comes back to the, the study with Pre- Professor Mark Hall. Like you could be eating a, a terrible diet, but still be shredded. You know, yeah. and your your insides are just disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have optimal health. You can have lots of health problems, but still look uh, super fit. And so that, that's something that we've got on our, our our shredded picture posts on Instagram. Like, oh, you you look fantastic. Like, you must be in great shape. When we diet down to that level of shreddedness, like that low body fat percentage. We don't feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll you be really the first don't. to admit it's not that healthy to it, maintain it a looks, super low body fat percentage for a long time. It, it w- looks fantastic, but it's your strength is not there. Your performance in the gym is not there. It you don't have the the energy to do all those things. And yeah. uh, that, that I think that's something that really should be emphasized because people look at uh, others in the fitness industry like I want to look like that. But in reality, that's not the healthiest way to look, you know. It's, yes, it looks great, but you're not going to feel great. Yeah, and most of those guys who stay shredded year-round are on other substances that you don't want to take, okay? Yeah, we won't touch on that. <laughs> they're, they're on drugs and other performance-enhancing substances that improve their body composition and make it easier to maintain a super-shredded physique year-round while still building muscle, which is... Uh, which is ridiculous. That's not natural. That's not. Uh, that's not healthy. We do not, not worth at the risk. all. It's not worth the risk, guys. Stupid. We don't <laughs> at all uh, recommend taking that approach. Okay, we want to. We want to optimize body composition and health. Um, but like Honors was saying. When we get shredded, we get like below 10% body fat, uh, getting even below 8 or even 7% body fat. You look really shredded, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you feel good or that you're healthy. So we just dip down into that um, maybe once a year for a short period of time, and then we come back out of that. Uh, right now, I'm sitting at probably about 14% body fat, and that's like that's pretty comfortable to maintain year-round. And I do have uh, I do have visible abs if the lighting is if I have decent lighting, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if I'm outside and I've got sunshine and stuff. I do have abs, especially when I flex, but I don't have like a shredded eight-pack like I do when I drop down to 8% body fat, and that's okay. And I feel much better where I am right now, and that's a relatively low body fat percentage. Percentage, that's a healthy body fat percentage uh, that is that you can maintain. It's sustainable. And like we talked about earlier in the podcast, it really comes down to sustainability. That's so important um, to your fitness uh, like life because um, 
we want to maintain uh, optimal health and and body composition for the long term. Exactly. Okay? We don't want to we don't want to just look really good for a few weeks or months or even a year and then go down the wrong path afterwards. Yeah, and then just like and then lose our health or um, just kind of like completely lose our physiques because we get tired of uh, the the really ridiculous stuff that we have to do to maintain that. So. Um, that is, it's super important to understand that looking good does not equate to optimal health. Um, and like I said, it also doesn't equate to optimal performance. So if you're, if you're an athlete, if you're working, uh, to become a power lifter or something like that, uh, looking shredded doesn't mean that you're going to be better at any particular sport. So, Although you might look stronger. <laughs> yeah, you might. Yeah, yeah. honestly, you do look stronger when you're shredded, but uh, in reality, you're not. No, it's, it's <laughs> so, so strange. <laughs> so I look, I look bigger and stronger when I'm down at 7% because all of your muscles pop out. They're way more defined. But uh, when I get back up to like 13 or 14%, which I'm comfortable maintaining year-round. That's when it shows uh, in the gym. That's when my numbers in the gym increase drastically. So... Uh, to maintain your health, okay, maintain your brain health, uh, to maintain your uh, your bones, nerves, skins, uh, blood circulation, immune system, uh, maintaining your health requires a steady supply of um, of both macronutrients but also micronutrients, which we touched on earlier. So you need to eat large amounts of micro of macronutrients, which are the protein, carbs, and fat that we've been talking about. Uh, but you also need to focus on micronutrients. It's the vitamins and minerals uh, because failing to get them into your diet in sufficient quantities virtually guarantees that you're going to have disease. You're going to not be um, not have optimal health. That's why we need to seriously care about micronutrients just as much as we care about macronutrients, if not a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we we prioritize our health um, over overlooking good. Like we well, we want to do both, okay? We want to you can look good, really good and also be really really healthy. And that's the goal, okay? And then, I don't, that's that continuously comes back to the 80% and 20%. So, yeah. it's that's going to happen. 80 plus percent. Exactly. That's yeah. going to happen if you follow that. Yeah, so when we're talking about micronutrients, there are 30 vitamins and minerals that your body cannot manufacture in sufficient amounts on its own, um, and those are called essential micronutrients. And you should ideally try to meet your vitamin and mineral intake uh, through your diet rather than supplements, uh, which just like fiber shouldn't be a problem if you're following our 80 plus percent whole food recommendation. But we do take some supplements, uh, Anders and I take supplements that are lacking in a, in a vegan diet. So we're not going to go into much detail in this episode. We're going to do another episode about supplementation. But uh, the supplements that we take include vitamin B12, uh, the omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA that I mentioned earlier. Um, I also take iodine uh, to maintain a higher iodine level. Um, and we also we also take a vegan multivitamin when we're shredding uh, because our calories are lower, which means that our food intake is going to be lower, which means that we can't uh, or means that we're less likely to be able to get all of the uh, micronutrients into our diet that we really need. Yeah, and don't think that's us not following the 80 plus percent. Okay, yeah, we still guys. follow that, but we want to just want to make sure we're getting all these micronutrients. Yeah, so we do that just to kind of be safe. Um, and that's also why we eat a high protein diet, maybe higher than necessary, because we just want to be safe. 
Um, so you don't need to take all these supplements for optimal health, uh, but that's what we take. Um, and if you're curious about what supplements you should be taking in particular, then we highly recommend getting blood work done uh, to analyze your micronutrient levels. Um, and that's super important. Not everyone is the same. So just because these are the supplements that we take doesn't mean that they're the supplements that you should take. Uh, maybe you need other supplements or maybe you need more supplements or maybe you don't need any supplements. So do some blood work and find out what exactly you need. Um, so those are the most important considerations that we really felt like we needed to make abundantly clear. Okay, so fiber and micronutrients, uh, their importance cannot be um, overstated. Uh, they're highly, highly important, even when we're focusing on uh, the main macronutrients for body composition, your protein, carbs, and fat. So uh, with all of that, we're going to now answer a couple of common questions that we receive about macros on a pretty regular basis. Uh, um, yeah, it's like at least once a day. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And uh, we just want to kind of throw all this out there so we can answer um, all of your questions, hopefully in one shot when it comes to macros. Uh, so when we talk about macro tracking, um, we'll, we'll talk about the first question that we get, and it's uh, should you use percentages or grams when you're tracking macros? Uh, so when we talk about macro tracking, there are basically two main approaches that people take. The first is by tracking macro percentages, which are also known as macro splits. Um, so you take you take like a hundred percent. Of, of your calories, and then you divide that 100% up into protein, carbs, and fat. So um, I, as an example, this is what I did when I first went vegan. I followed uh, the 80-10-10 style diet um, after reading the China study by Dr. T. Colin Campbell and also reading the book 80-10-10 uh, by uh, Dr. Douglas Graham. Um, focused on hitting 80% of my calories from carbs, 10% of my calories from protein, and 10% of my calories from fat. That's what the 80-10-10 diet is. Uh, so you add all those up, the 80 plus the 10 plus a 10, you get 100%, obviously. Um, and so people will sometimes track macros in this fashion. They'll break up uh, 100% into your protein, carbs, and fat, and then follow these general recommendations uh, for uh, hitting their macros. So when I did this, I felt like I really got my health in order, uh, which was my primary concern at the time uh, because I had just gone through uh, a cancer diagnosis and that was uh, kind of a really traumatic period in my life and I decided I needed to get my health right. And I felt like I did that by following the 80-10-10 diet with tons of fruits and vegetables. Um, so I got my health in order but I really struggled to build muscle and get ripped. And um, my training wasn't optimal either. Like I fixed that as well. So it wasn't just macros. But once I got my protein uh, intake a little higher, I also increased my fat a little bit. Um, I started making way more progress in the gym and my, my physique drastically changed. Um, so that's, that's the one, uh, the one approach that people take. And the second approach is by tracking macros, uh, by the gram. So measuring it by weight, uh, that's what we do now. And that's what we recommend, um, com completely recommend, uh, you shouldn't just blindly follow anyone else's macro percentages or, or splits, whatever you want to call it. You shouldn't even follow anyone else's, uh, macros in grams. Yeah. <laughs> like let's. This is something that we talked uh, with Natalie Matthews in the podcast with yeah. her, and I, I thought it was so cool that she 
uh, she stated that she doesn't even want to tell people her macros because she doesn't even want someone to try her macros out because that's it. Those macros are catered to her, like they're calculated for her body, not anyone else's. Everyone's and different. We're exactly. all different. Everyone has different macros, and that's an excellent point. That's that's what Natalie recommends. That's what we recommend. You should track your macros in grams, okay? We want to focus on the grams, the exact number of grams. We don't want to follow these general uh, macro percentages or uh, macro split recommendations. We really want to focus on uh, the number of grams. Uh, but everyone is different. Everyone should ha- calculate their own macros or or get a coach to calculate their macros. You don't want to follow anyone else's macros blindly because you're not going to get the progress that you want, okay? You want to optimize your body composition with the macros that uh, that are customly custom-tailored for you. Uh, so one way that you can do this is by downloading uh, the Vegan Gym Macro Calculator. We have it on our website. Uh, so just go to veganjim.com and, uh, and look for the, the article. It's in the free guide section. Uh, you can download the Vegan Gym Macro Calculator and easily calculate all of your own macros. It's going to be very, very accurate just because uh, specifically I know for other macro counting like websites, uh, when you have to put in your exercise, it just says like if you're sedentary, moderate exercise, low exercise, or high exercise. And in our macro calculator, you're able to put in all the exercises you do in a week. So it take, considers that uh, takes that into consideration. And that makes it that much more accurate so you can optimize your body composition. Precisely. So, yeah, these uh, other macro calculators use uh, – activity multipliers they call them to kind of just get a an idea of what your macro should be but that's really not that specific and if you if you're even 10% off in calculating your macros you're not going to be making exactly. progress like you could hit a major plateau because you're not tracking the right macros so um download the the macro calculator and and just calculate your own macros specifically for you and put some time into it uh it's not as quick it, it it takes more time than the online macro calculators, but that's but for a reason. <laughs> but that's that's for a reason. That's because it's way more accurate. So uh, put some time into that, some thought into that, and uh, and make sure that you're following the right macros. So that's the first question that we get a lot. Uh, the second question that we get all the time about macros is, uh, do you track your macros when bulking? Now the answer for the most that's part a very is good question. It is a very good question. <laughs> You definitely have to track your macros when you're shredding. If you don't, you're going to eat. You're going to end up eating more calories than you should. Uh, period. It's, it really opens your eyes when you cut for the first time and yeah. notice what, how much, cal- how many calories you actually consume. Exactly. Uh, but so when you're bulking, you do have a little bit more flexibility. You can eat uh, some more calories and still be okay. But it is really important uh, to still like not go way overboard. You don't want to be doing like tons of uh, cheat meals and stuff, or like cheat days and and going way over your macros. You'll, and just you'll gain. gain for sure. Yeah, you'll gain body fat for sure, real quick. But that's not what we want to do. We want to optimize our body composition, whether we're building muscle or shredding fat. So um, the so yeah, the answer for the most part is no uh, for bulking, but. Um, but we do keep our macros in check and we kind of generally know what we're following. So I think, I think that kind of comes down to personal preference too. Like some people like that structure. Some people like to continue tracking for us. We don't really enjoy it that much, uh, because, 
I don't know. It's just like one thing that we would have to worry about when making food and stuff. But yeah. that's a necessity for shredding. So that's when we do it. But when we're bulking, we have uh, – it's funny. When you shred and then you go back to bulking, you have uh, such a bigger uh, view on food and like how many calories are in each piece of food. And it's uh, easier to – judge how much you should be eating and as long as you calculate macros you can kind of like uh intuitively eat to uh get that amount yeah yeah that's a great point so we follow uh we follow a kind of more relaxed dieting approach when we're bulking and it's commonly called intuitive eating so as the name suggests we intuitively eat based on what we think our body needs um and we we pretty much know the macros of certain foods uh, very well because... A medium-sized um, banana is about 115 calories, yeah, and so, it's like 1.3 grams of protein. So we eat... <laughs> yeah, and, and we know kind of things like that because we eat the same things uh, when we're bulking as when we we're shredding. Uh, we just eat larger quantities when we're bulking basically. And we throw in a, a few more treats and stuff here and there, but we're still, we kind of are mentally tallying the number of macros. Okay. So we know, uh, generally how many calories we've been eating. We know how much protein we're eating and, um, everything else kind of works out from there. So it's intuitive eating, but it is kind of still, we still have that structure. So, um, it's really difficult to eat intuitively um, until you've shredded yeah, because yes, exactly. that trains your brain to know what macros are and what. It trains yourself to know uh, what quantities of food you need for both uh, shredding and then for bulking. Uh, so it's just easy to uh, basically subconsciously track our macros uh, to a fairly accurate level. So, no, we don't really track our macros when we're bulking. We do some days to just kind of get back on track. But uh, for the most part, the answer is no, we use intuitive eating. But if you have not um, counted macros before, intuitive eating is not going to work well for you. Um, So I think that's it for question two. Now, question three, uh, we get this possibly the most. Um, how much protein should you eat? All the protein. All the protein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that commercial that's like, protein, protein. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it is important to have a high-protein diet. Um, as things stand right now in the scientific literature, if you are serious about putting on as much muscle mass as possible and you want to be safe in terms of consuming enough protein to promote that muscle growth, then we recommend 0.9 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day for bulking and 1.1 grams per pound of lean body mass for cutting. So those are different measures, okay? We're measuring uh, the the bulking grams of protein per pound of body weight, and we're measuring the grams of protein for cutting uh, per pound of lean body mass. Now, there are tons of different ways you can do this. That's the way that we prefer doing it. That's the way that we do it for our clients, um, and we found that it works really, really well. That's but how we got the best results from. That's how we got the best results, and that's... You might be thinking, wow, those numbers are so high. That's a ton of protein. And yes, we'll be the first to agree that those numbers are pretty high. Uh, that is a lot of protein. Uh, most people do not need that much protein. If you're just kind of like, you just kind of want to get into better shape and just kind of be toned or just like uh, be somewhat fit or something. Like if you don't have super serious <laughs> bodybuilding <Somewhat> goals. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone has that goal. <laughs> That's but, a pretty bad goal. <laughs> I want to be somewhat fit. 
Uh, but if you're not like a serious bodybuilder, you you very likely don't need that much protein. Even if you're just trying to get into better shape, more protein will probably help. Uh, but uh, you you and it's not. It's not detrimental to your health to have a higher protein intake uh, within reason. Like you don't want to just eat protein, but yeah. But having the, the a higher way, protein diet is not bad for you. So um, our our thought process is safe uh, and better be safe than sorry. Guys. Precisely. Like I I I don't want to be the, the one thing that scares me most is to put all the time into the gym and then end up losing muscle. Like all the hard work I put into building the muscle I have, I could. I do not want to sacrifice the muscle I've built because exactly. that's a lot. It's a lot of pain and suffering to build muscle, all right? Yeah. So I, I don't want to set myself back months at a time if uh, by losing some muscle. So I'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah, exactly. And we've both been training for about 10 years, literally a decade of training. So um, at this point, uh, as, as natural weightlifters, we can really only gain about one or two pounds of muscle yeah. per year. Every twelve months, one or two pounds of muscle. Like we, it's so depressing we, when you say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, so you can still gain strength uh, because you're you're getting your lifts, uh, you're d- down, you're getting your form down. You are building some muscle, but you're, um, but but at this point, we're not building that much muscle. We can't build that much muscle. We're kind of hitting the plateau of like our our body's like uh, lean muscle mass potential. So. Uh, we don't want to put any of that muscle at risk. <laughs> it's difficult enough to um, to gain a pound of muscle uh, per year, so we don't want to um, kind of put any of that at risk by not eating enough protein. <clears throat> so it's really important to eat a high-protein diet, um, uh, but you really kind of need to do what works for you based on your training intensity, based on your physique, based on your fitness goals. Uh, but those are the numbers that we stick with for our protein intake. Um, and if you don't have such serious goals and maybe you don't uh, need to eat that much protein, maybe you're more comfortable eating less protein. Um, and some days it is a stretch to eat that much protein, especially when we're shredding. So we do use protein supplements. We are using protein powder. Um, but that's, um, and some people rather just do whole foods and, uh, we don't at all disagree that, that that's a super healthy approach. Um, I don't think protein powder is really bad for you, uh, as long as you source it properly, but, um, and use a vegan protein, (laughs) but, but it is, um, it's not as healthy as kale. So, (laughs) so if you, if you want to get all of your protein from whole foods, uh, it's going to be a lot more difficult to hit those protein targets, but can I imagine the volume that you'd have to eat to hit a protein like kale? (laughs) Well, it would be possible doing that while bulking, but when you're shredding, it's really difficult because you're trying to hit high protein intake, but you also don't have that many calories. And there are very few uh, vegan protein sources that are high in protein and super low in fat and carbs. So uh, that's why we use protein powder. It works for us, but you can do whatever you want. So question four uh, is, when should you recalculate your macros when you're working to shred fat? This is a fantastic question. Uh, your metabolism actually drops while you're losing weight. So, uh, and what that's that's um, uh, mostly uh, that that's a really important consideration because if you want to get the best results, uh, you really kind of need to calculate your macros um, uh, numerous times as you drop weight. 
Uh, we recommend that you recalculate your macros every 5 to 10 pounds or every like 2.2 to 4.4 kilograms of weight loss. So as you're chopping down your weight, your uh, metabolism is dropping and, um, and you should also recalculate your macros. Your this- macros won't change that much. But it is important because even um, even 50 calories, 100 calories, that's a pretty sizable chunk. And uh, once you, um, if you're eating the same macros that you started with uh, for like kind of indefinitely as you uh, shred down, you're going to hit a plateau. It's going to be really difficult. That, that's something that I've found. Well, we've found with uh, talking with uh, clients for the first time. Like they're they're talking about previous coaches previous uh personal trainers saying oh my they, they gave me one plan and then they said that they would check back with me four weeks down the road it's just like are you kidding me like that yeah. you want to be continuously recalculating recalculating this so you're optimizing uh your your fat shredding goals and your muscle building goals and you need to track your progress exactly like, it's that, so important to track your body weight track your uh your body measurements progress uh, track pictures. your progress pictures um, track how your physique looks, how you're feeling. It's really important to track so we have like uh, some definitive numbers to know whether you're uh, heading towards your goals or you're not. Because I, I really wish I started we, doing that when I first got into lifting. Yeah, like I only really started implementing that like two years ago. Exactly. And yeah, me too. Now I don't know exactly what happened the years before that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's difficult to know. It's like yeah, I was making progress, but how much progress was I actually exactly. making? If I actually I uh, put put time into analyzing my progress. I would have made a lot more progress, a lot more quickly. Exactly. So, um, we're and cutting the learning curve for you guys. <laughs> that's our that's our whole goal because we struggled, and we don't want you guys to struggle. Uh, if you ever hit a plateau when you're losing, when you're trying to drop weight, um, then we recommend that you drop about 25 grams of carbs from your macros, which is 100 calories, because there are four calories per gram of carbs. Um, so drop that hundred calories, the 25 grams of carbs, and then gauge it from there. Uh, so drop 25 grams and then follow that new plan for like a week or so. See how your body's reacting. See if you, uh, kind of jumpstart progress again, or, uh, maybe drop again in a week if you're still not making progress. And, um, Uh, But be sure that your macros are not super, super low. Uh, If your macros are are really, really low, like some people try, it's like that starvation dieting thing. It's not going to work. It's going to backfire. You're going to feel terrible. And and your body uh, will – the science here is a little conflicted. There's lots of conflicting studies saying that that this is – that that um that kind of like starvation mode for your body is like bro science and some people say it's it's reality but i have seen cases of people who uh drop their macros super super low their calorie intake super super low and actually hit a wall uh even though they're they're in a serious caloric deficit they're not making progress so uh, be sure to calculate your macros correctly, which is why you should use our macro calculator or or get a coach or someone else. Uh, but if you are struggling uh, with the plateau and you had properly calculated your macros or someone else calculated your macros for you properly and you're hitting a plateau, then just chop off 25 grams of carbs and go from there. So that's it for question four. Question five, do you guys recommend cheat meals or refeeds? Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. 
So when we're bulking, as we said before, we're not too strict. Uh, we eat a bit more um, than necessary when uh, delicious, like vegan food options are available. And yeah, I mean, we make plentiful. Pe- we make pizza Friday nights. Sure, yeah. uh, we we go out, which you for- can still make macro friendly. Exactly. Yes, you, you can. But yeah. we like we load it up. So <laughs> that's our we we treat ourselves to that. Like uh, Friday nights, sometimes we go get uh, Thai food, which we love. Uh, like a boatload of sushi, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's when we're bulking, it's not that strict, but uh, when we're cutting, that's a whole different thing. So yeah, when uh, we're shredding, we're much, much more careful. We track everything that we put into our mouths. You have to do that exactly. if you're going to, um, really kind of get optimal results. Yeah. Uh, and when we're shredding, uh, we do controlled refeeds um, about once a week, uh, especially when we're deep into a cut. Once you drop below 10% uh, body fat as a guy or down below 15% body fat as a woman, um, it's, it can be a really helpful strategy to uh, add some controlled refeeds into your diet. Uh, now, it's really, really important to note that a refeed day is not an all-out binge. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's you not... go buy a gallon of the ben- exactly. dairy-free of Ben & Jerry's and eat exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not an all-out binge day, uh, which is also known as a cheat day. We do not recommend cheat days ever. Um, unless it's your birthday and you're currently balking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that might be a slight That's exception, a, but, exactly. uh, or maybe once or twice around the holidays, but for the most part, you should not do that. Okay. Do not do treat days. Do not do, do not just do a binge day. That does not help your health. That does not help your body composition. Even when you're balking, it is not helpful. Uh, you can, you should eat more calories when you're balking, but don't go crazy. Uh, so we recommend maybe a controlled refeed day every one or two weeks when you're shredding, especially when you're deep into a cut. Um, if you're just starting out and you're like 40% body fat, like you don't need a refeed. So, uh, don't worry about that. If you are, if, if you're, uh, have a very high body fat, Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I would say start including the refeeds when you start getting at like that, uh, below that 10% range as a or, guy or, or below 15% or so as exactly. a, as a woman. So, uh, that can be helpful. Um, it's and, not only helpful, but it also is, uh, helps you emotionally. <laughs> yeah. It helps in a few ways. It helps you mentally, emotionally. Um, and that's like largely overlooked when we're talking about fitness and body composition. You have like a, you have a day that you look forward to each week. You have, yeah. you're working towards the week. You're like, okay, I'm sticking, sticking, sticking. And then this week, and this day, I okay. Now I can have uh, two bagels or something like that. Yeah. You know, just a little bit more food can make the biggest difference and puts you in a much better mood for the whole week and make you push even harder throughout the week because you know that's coming up. That's something you're you're working towards. Like that's something that we're huge advocators for is like uh, setting those goals. And that's a pretty. I mean, uh, that's a very small goal, but just like setting a. a uh, a refeed is a, a nice goal that keeps you on track and keeps you motivated to push through that week. Exactly. It's something to look forward to. Um, and your mental health is super overlooked, I yeah. think, in the fitness community. Like That's why we recommend flexible dieting in in large part. Not only is it really good for optimizing your body composition, but you can also fit in treats here and there uh, to kind of like 
keep you sane, <laughs> which is really important, especially when yeah. you're dieting, because lots of people uh, maybe might not literally go insane, but uh, really struggle you mentally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, d- I, I definitely go insane. Life is the most hangry person I know, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. I, w- I will admit that is that is completely true. Uh, but so when, getting back to refeeds, when we're talking about a refeed day, it's a calculated short-term increase in your calories. So it's not an all-out binge. You should track what you're doing. Um, you shouldn't eat whatever you want. Uh, it should be a calculated short-term increase in your calories, pretty much just one meal or maybe an afternoon part of your day. Um, But for the refeed, we usually keep our fat levels uh, somewhat lower and we really just increase our carbs uh, basically to a point where we hit our maintenance calorie target for the day. So we're not doing like we're not in like a 1000 calorie surplus. Okay, we're we're going back up to like maintenance or maybe just slightly above maintenance. Um, your maintenance calorie target is the number of calories that you burn in a given day. So uh, let's say that's uh, 2,500. Um, mine is maybe around that, a little higher than that. Uh, so if I eat 2,500 calories indefinitely, uh, I'm going to maintain my physique. That's why it's called a maintenance uh, calorie target. Uh, that's, that's your maintenance level. So uh, refeeds uh, can be good, especially if you're deep into a cut, but they uh, should not be every day. You should do them once a week, maybe once every two weeks, and uh, and make sure it's controlled, okay? We're not going overboard. So and, finally- And we have to say controlled because it it once you get to that refeed, it is- pretty difficult to stay at that calculator refeed so yeah if you've been it, shredding for for a week and then you get it, to a day where it, you can just kind of like once you start up getting a, a little bit more food and you you're in that mental state like okay i'm getting more food then your mind's like okay give me everything right <laughs> yeah so you have to you definitely have to keep it in check um and it you have to track it very carefully um so Finally, question number six about macros. What do you the mean last finally? We're People are be... loving this podcast, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're getting to question six now, uh, which is going to be our last question uh, that we're answering in this podcast. And that is, which is, um, uh, it's probably the most common question we get uh, in terms of macros. Yeah, these are all like and on the same they're, level. Yeah, they're so. all very common, but this one. I think we said that for every single question yeah, so far. <laughs> Okay, so maybe it's not the most common, but we get it a lot, and it is what are our macros? What do we? What macros do we follow for bulking and shredding? And this goes back to the previous question: Do not follow our macros. Yeah. So we're going to tell you our macros that we generally follow, uh, but do not follow our macros. Okay, we're just telling you this because so many people ask. But our macros are our macros. Uh, We suggest that you calculate your own or get a coach to calculate them. Um, If you want to calculate them on your own, you can use uh, our vegan macro calculator, which I said you can find on our website, thevegangym.com. So even though knowing our macros isn't going to help you, it shouldn't really help you because you shouldn't follow them. Uh, You might be curious, so here it is. We're going to tell you. Um, When I'm bulking, I eat about 180 grams of protein, 410 grams of carbs, and about 70 grams of fat for about a total of 3,000 calories. I wonder how many jaws you just dropped right there. Yeah, it's a a lot. Um, And that doesn't work for everyone. Like, I'm I'm a little bit larger, uh, and and I have a pretty high lean body mass. Like muscular, okay? Not not, not fat. Yeah, I'm not. 
not that fat. Um, but those are the macros I follow when I'm bulking. And um, and like we've already said, most days I don't track my macros when I'm bulking. I just tend to eat intuitively. Um, and intuitive eating is uh, can be really helpful, but only if you have tracked your macros before. Uh, don't just try to intuitively eat because it's not it's not going to work because you haven't like trained your brain to understand what macros are what. Uh, so that's what I do when I'm bulking. Uh, when I'm shredding, I eat about 175 grams of protein, uh, 250 grams of carbs, and about 40 grams of fat per day. And that's for a total of just over 2,000 calories. Um, and as we already discussed, my macro targets, uh, especially when I'm shredding, uh, change as my body weight changes. So um, I'll tend to lose a lot of fat the first uh, week or two um, that I'm shredding. And then I kind of start hitting a plateau around week three or week four. And then I drop my macros again. Yeah, so that's your and starting kind of, point, right? Yeah, that's my that's generally my starting point, about two thousand calories, and then I'll drop it from there. Um, and um, and so that's what I follow. And whether uh, you guys are close to my body weight or not, like, don't follow my macros. Really, go calculate your own. I have different goals. I have a different physique than you do. So um, so go calculate your own macros. You might need more. You might need less. Um, and you need to know that for sure. So you make progress towards your goals. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm five, nine and three quarters. Yes. I'm going to say the three quarters. Because <laughs> so desperate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great for competing though, because the next tier is five ten. So I'm on yeah. the higher side, but anyway, uh, I'm five, nine and three quarters. I'm about a hundred and 65 pounds so about 20 ish pounds less than leif so obviously my macros are going to be smaller uh so for bulking i'll just go through this pretty quickly i i consume 160 grams of protein 325 325 grams of carbs five uh 50 grams of fat and that's approximately 2400 calories and uh for cutting i generally start at about 150 grams a protein, 220 grams of carbs, and 30 grams of fat. And that sits me around uh, 1,750 calories, so 1,750 calories. Yeah. So it's, it's, not, a, uh, it's not like a huge difference uh, like lace, like the 1,000 calories, but it's because he's 20-plus uh, pounds than me. So. Yeah, and I tend to be in a little bit more of a caloric surplus maybe than Honors does. He's a little bit more... Uh, controlled about having a lower uh, caloric surplus, uh, I just which get is full totally really fine. easily. So <laughs> yeah, I, and and honestly, like it's sometimes tough for me to hit three thousand calories uh, per day, um, especially when I'm incorporating lots of vegetables and stuff because of that fiber because it's filling me up. Yeah, and then I struggle to kind of like get in the get it hit those macros, but um, it is important, and um, I try. I try almost just as hard to hit my bulking macros as I do for my shredding macros because it's it's not always easy for me to eat that much. That's where you're building muscle, guys. You still want to make sure that you're optimizing your body composition. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're still getting those macros. 
And if you're okay with your physique currently, if you like where you're at, then you can just follow your maintenance macros and just yeah. like just say, okay, you know what? I like my physique now. I don't want to gain fat. I don't need to gain muscle. Um, I like where I'm at right now. Then you can still calculate your macros and kind of uh, track your maintenance macros for a little bit until you get to the point where you feel comfortable just intuitively eating and following your maintenance macros so you can maintain the same uh, kind of body composition that you have currently. But so, we always encourage people to keep getting to the next level though. <laughs> yeah, so for most people, they do – well – pretty much everyone has another level and we know even though we've gone so far in our fitness journey we do have another level and that's what we're constantly working towards yeah um so i've mentioned this many times before in the podcast but my ultimate goal is to get to 190 pounds at 10 percent body fat which is literally going to take me uh years and years uh if i ever even reach it because uh that might be a little bit beyond my uh my body's potential um, so that's, that's kind of like, we, we're always aiming for that next level, which is why we're constantly bulking and shredding. And, and that just like gives you motivation for the gym. You know, it's like, exactly. it's if, better. if I knew I was maintaining, I, I don't think I would put as much exactly. effort into Yeah. My Personally, workouts. I wouldn't give everything I have to my training, to my diet. If I was just like, you know what, I'm good with where I'm at and I'm just going to coast. Like, that doesn't work well for either of us, and um, it probably doesn't work well for you if you're listening to this podcast. So uh, definitely work out your macros. Find out what you need to be doing to take your body to the next level. So uh, just to recap the episode, let's let's run through a recap really quickly. Uh, flexible dieting is not a diet that consists of only eating junk food, okay? Even though guys like Professor Mark Hobb can do that and still improve their body composition, we don't want to do that. Uh, flexible dieting is really a counting system that's used for accuracy so you can fit some junk foods in here and there into your diet in moderation while consuming the bulk of your macros from healthy whole foods. Now, when you do it correctly, flexible dieting can actually be a really solid balance of moderation and flexibility. So we also covered the four main principles of flexible dieting. And those are principle one, uh, the number of calories that you eat is more important than the source of those calories. Principle two, macronutrients matter just as much as the number of calories. Uh, principle three, you should get at least 80% of your calories from minimally processed nutritious food. And principle four, there is no need for meal timing. You can really pretty much eat your macros whenever you want, whenever it fits into your schedule, uh, whenever you prefer. So, uh, that's a wrap for the podcast. Uh, if you found this episode to be super valuable, please show your appreciation by smashing that subscribe button. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast already and please review the podcast, uh, it means also, the world to us. Guys. It really does. And we like, love, we love seeing, uh, it's not more so like, yes, we want to get our message out there, but it's amazing to see the impact we're having on our listeners. Yeah. It's a, uh, we love seeing how we're affecting you, uh, contributing to your success in your life yeah we put a lot of time and effort into this podcast and all we ask in return is that you subscribe you leave a review and you share this episode with a friend okay that's that's our fee for the podcast this is an organic movement and we really rely on you guys uh to do your part and spread the message so please 
Uh, we're, we're never going to run any ads on our podcast because, as we said earlier, we don't enjoy listening to them. Uh, so please subscribe. Please leave a review if uh, you haven't already. Uh, please share this episode with a friend. Um, and please do that right now so you don't forget. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you found value in this episode, please do us a solid and just uh, uh, subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend. So we super duper appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. We hope that you have a flipping fantastic week. And as always, keep challenging the freaking status quo.